0: Cryptic, otherworldly.
1: We're recording again remotely. Yes, we are. We're not going to talk about this bullshit because I'm fucking over it. <laughs> I'm on an emotional roller coaster every other day, and I'm fucking done. Uh-oh. So I'm just going to start drinking, day drinking at about 8 a.m. when I wake <laughs> up. What do you think? How you holding up?
0: Not too bad. Just like trying to find things to keep us busy. Um, because like, yeah. as we say, even with the day job, things have slowed down so much. You know, at first it was like email after email, but now it's like, <laughs> yeah two a day <laughs>
1: crickets yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> i think i answer two and you answer two a day right. <laughs> i'm in my office more than i normally am recording oh. on other people's podcasts i had a, uh, I did a uh podcast with uh a haunt mess girls Ooh. it was so much fun great ladies yeah so it was it's just kind of different to be on somebody else's podcast and kind of see how they do things it was fun
0: yeah absolutely well, hey guys, you're listening to Audio hey. Files, the, the podcast. podcast,
1: God, I can't wait till we can do that <laughs> in the same room.
0: <laughs> <sighs>
1: yeah. Um, but
0: I'm Clayton Abbott.
1: And I'm Kitsy Duncan, and we are a paranormal podcast where we talk about creepy stuff, interesting stuff, um, sometimes really cool stuff. Yeah, and we have a show on Amazon Prime, and Clayton is so good at telling you guys about it. I want him to do it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so we have three seasons on Amazon Prime. Basically, Oddity Files started as a TV show where we, well, before it was even a TV show, we were just kind of going out investigating with video cameras and other equipment, and then we just decided to kind of make it into a YouTube series that then graduated to now an Amazon Prime series. We have three seasons on Amazon Prime. Um, They progressively get better as we got better at investigating and production Editing. and all the above. <laughs> so if, if you want to see the best quality stuff we have, watch season three. Absolutely. If you want to start at the nitty gritty, watch season one.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah. We also have a Patreon page. I just want to give a quick shout out to... I We can't thank you guys enough, um, those that subscribe to our Patreon page. You guys... Are the fucking best and we're trying to provide some extra content over there. So if you're not a member of our Patreon page, go ahead and check it out. It's patreon.com/slash files. Clinton and I try to put up as many videos as we can just to kind of give you guys a little insight into us, even beyond the podcast and the TV show. Yeah. And we wanna thank our producers, Donald Blanchflower. Doug Maldenlock and Ryan Hoke. You guys are great. If you subscribe at $100 a month, which I know money is tight right now, so I'm not expecting any of you to do that, you get listed as our producer on every episode of the podcast and also the TV show. So... Exactly. Anything... Have you seen anything interesting going on in your house? Any creepy, cryptid, otherworldly?
0: No, it's been um, pretty... (laughs) quiet around here i will say the other day i was sitting in the living room on my computer and all of a sudden the xbox turns on the tv wasn't on nothing else was on still um and james was sitting in the office and i was like which the office like if you're sitting in the living room you can (laughs) see into the office Mm -hmm. and he had the doors open and i was like the xbox just turned on and he was like that was weird and then all of a sudden alexa just played like the last six seconds of a song Right, like not the beginning of a song. Or you know sometimes like the notification like ding. Yeah. Like when you get something delivered, yeah. it'll like do that occasionally. I don't know why, but like it will. And then I asked her what that was about and she just never responds. But no, it just played the last like six seconds of a song. And we just looked at each other like, what is happening? Oh
1: my God, that's insane. I did want to tell everybody because this will come out on Friday the 17th. And on the 19th, we're going live on Facebook, uh, Oddity Files Facebook, and we're going to do a live screening of our Octagon Hall episode. Yes. Um, And Clayton and I will be there. I found this really fucking cool program online where we can, like... It says Oddity Files in the corner and we can watch it and we can both be kind of um, on the side. But my favorite thing about it, and it's so stupid, is if somebody comments during the Facebook Live, I can click a button and it'll show up on the screen, Oh, their
0: comment. That's actually really cool. It's It's, like super interactive. Yeah. I
1: know. It is. I'm super excited about it. Um, So yeah, that's at 7 p.m. Eastern time on, I'm double checking the date, but I'm guessing it's the 19th it is so if you're listening after that you missed it but we're going to try to do more so like our facebook page it just search for oddity files and we'll update you on anything new that's going on we also have an instagram at oddity files where clayton posts uh pictures that go along with these podcasts in our stories and he highlights them um i've got some video to go with my story so you're definitely want to gonna want to follow us on instagram and twitter everything's at oddity files what am i forgetting
0: super secret facebook page
1: oh yes oddity files fan group
0: fan group fan page i don't know we should know this by now (laughs) (laughs) Uh.
1: well we announced a fun contest last week and i'm gonna let clayton take over because i'm talking far too much
0: no you're good yeah so As you know, every month we do um, a monthly contest where if you go and basically anywhere that you're able to review Oddity Files, whether it's um, – can you review on Spotify? I don't. Okay. Well, Apple Music or Amazon Prime, the TV show, or IMDb, essentially anywhere that allows you to rate or review. If you do that and take a screenshot, email it to oddityfilescrew at gmail.com. And you're entered to win a monthly contest of just some fun Oddity File stuff. Last week, we decided to start a new contest where if you take a selfie watching the show and be creative, it can be a video. Um, Kitsy posted one on our socials it? and her socials. Yes, yeah. It was so funny. At first, I was like, <laughs> what is happening? And then I was like, <laughs> and then I just started laughing. But it, like, the first time it played through, I was just like scrolling, you know? Yeah. So like, not really looking at anything and i was like what is what is happening <laughs> but then it's i was like red key <laughs> yeah it, <laughs> it only took sense. me
1: two times to get the right timing
0: that's impressive I'm, though
1: i'm not gonna lie i was shocked
0: <laughs> <laughs> we'll post that video on the story as well so you know what we're talking about but yeah if you take a video or a picture selfie post it and tag us at oddity files on instagram oddity files on twitter whatever platform you posted on um, we'll be doing a drawing for, or just like a contest for the most fun or most creative or our yeah. favorite, something like that. Just another way to get you guys some special stuff.
1: Exactly. And we'll retweet and we'll share because so far it's been a blast we've also been adding some new episodes. did i tell you that next week clayton i'm gonna have steve gonzalez on
0: oh you are i I did not know that
1: yeah so i reached out to him he just he produced a a paranormal documentary and that's Mm -hmm. why i reached out to him i'm like hey you want to promote it and then we can talk ghost shit and he's like yeah he's like is there any way we can do it get it up before the 22nd i'm like sure i'm I didn't know why. But I guess Ghost Hunters is premiering on the 22nd as well.
0: Yes. I saw um, a like a Facebook ad or something of the new show. Yeah. What is it called? Ghost Nation? Ghost Nation. Did I call yeah. it
1: Ghost Hunters? Shit. I might have to cut
0: that out. But yeah, I saw it and I was like, again, half looking at anything because life's a days right now. Yeah. Um, and I was like, wait. Why do they look familiar? At first, I was like, "Great, another show about ghost hunting." La la la. But then, I when I saw who it was, I was like, "Oh, that's awesome!
1: We know them." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so we I added a an episode this week with Billy Ludwig, and I'm actually going to add two next week just so I can get Steve's up there before the premiere of G- Ghost Nation. But I've got one going up with Anne Wheaton on next Monday. She is Will Wheaton's wife, and they used to live in a haunted house, and it is the most heartwarming paranormal story I've heard in a hot minute. So you guys are going to love that. And oh, she she has a Bigfoot story. So those are kind of rare.
0: That is incredible. But yeah, um, you can find all those, all the autosodes are posted just like regular episodes right here. Wherever you're listening, you can find those as well.
1: Awesome. And we are recording this so we can share it on our Patreon page as well. By recording, I mean video. Um, Clayton's doing that and he's going to upload it because my internet sucks balls. (laughs) Okay, let me pull up my paranormal in the news here. Okay, so I came across this on the book face and it's, Scientist invents technology to see multi dimensional beings. So, old dude is hilarious looking, but the picture next to him is allegedly a, a multi dimensional being. Meet Daniel Neems, a scientist and inventor. Daniel was always passionate about science and astronomy. He always claimed to be in the possession of a technology able to capture and record multi dimensional beings. So, he read this article. And um, it became an obsession for him. Look at these pictures, though. I mean, that pink one's kind of terrifying. So he gets this thing done. It's kind of like infrared and black light and like everything all combined in in one. And NASA's trying to get a hold of it. But these pictures are killing me because they look like faces. But I want to see the entire photo. Is this like a little corner thing? You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, like how when they take a picture of the sun or like a planet, and they yeah. show like one tiny little square. And also, why do they all? And I'm not like saying it's not real, right? But why do they all look like textbook demons?
1: That and they all look like Rorschach, like they were folded in half, and like
0: oh yeah, they really don't do. they?
1: I don't know. Yeah. Some of them look like ultrasounds. I. <laughs> I don't even understand. That I'm looks sh- like an
0: alien in a pod.
1: Yeah, this one is that Buddha? I don't even know. Right. <laughs> so we'll post these pictures on our Instagram as well. But I I'm assuming, you know, he's saying that at all times all different beings are on this same planet, which is a lot to process for me. And mm-hmm. I I don't know if one I like it or two I believe it. I don't know. These pictures. So what just... does
0: this device look like?
1: There's no pictures of it. He's kind of keeping it top secret, but he wants everybody to see his, his results.
0: What is he calling it? An energy, energy vision.
1: Yes. Energy vision. The name of the technology is energy vision. He was aware of the existence of technologies such as black light, infrared and ultraviolet and more such things, but he wanted more. So he invented a better one capable of capturing and photographing things that nobody and anything have been able to capture before. And the name of the technology is energy vision. Yeah. I don't know. It just looks like, you know, when there's like, dust on the corner of a picture and it's like three pixels this is what this looks like to me
0: but i'm with you it does look like the like folded every one of them is symmetrical
1: yes yeah
0: i wonder if that has something to do with how it works because like if you take out half of it i guess it still looks like a face
1: yeah maybe he's only capturing half
0: of it so he just yeah and then like flipping it
1: I don't know. It was it was really weird though. I mean, it's a lot of sciencey talk blah 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 blah, but he thinks that he can capture interdimensional life here on earth. I I need to see these full pictures and what he is pulling this from. That's where I'm at with it. So, interesting. I mean, yes. he looks serious. I, you know, that looks like <laughs> like the I not that I've ever done Tinder, but it looks like those are the kind of guys that would swipe on me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, i'm just saying. so kudos to him he's not saying whether they're ghosts whether they're demons just that they're from another dimension like this one this yellow one is
0: that it, is very demon-esque
1: it looks like what i would assume satan would look like so there you it's, go that was and
0: again we will uh, post pictures of that on our instagram story and those stay up forever. So if you're listening to this two years from now, you can still go over to our Vials Instagram, click on the highlight, and just scroll and find the episode number. And then yeah, they're time stamped and everything.
1: Cool. How are the pups?
0: Loving life. Good. Absolutely loving life. Hilarious. So we um we just like getting them out when we can. And since you can go to a park and there's no one there yeah we'll just take them like on little hikes every now and then just so we're not walking around the neighborhood again
1: yeah
0: um and there was this when i say the word waterfall like imagine like where we are so it's not like yeah massive in indianapolis it was like yeah <laughs> a, right it was like a six foot drop though um and coda loves loves the water and so when she sees like this essentially we had to go down the steep hill and then it like leveled out with like where the water was flowing mm-hmm. and we're on the upper part of the waterfall so she like runs down the hill gets in this water and it was all just super super slick like rock and so all four of her paws just start sliding towards oh, no. the edge of this waterfall and we're like oh my god!" <laughs> we're like screaming she and like she got her grip was able to like get out before tumbling over the waterfall
1: Oh my God, that's great. And it was
0: hilarious because she was like so happy, and then it looked like she was just on ice. Like all four of her paws were just sliding <laughs> towards. And I mean, it, like she wouldn't have died, but like it, I mean, it's still. Would have been it traumatic. Down to like rocks, you know? It's not like she would have just fallen in water. <laughs> it was so oh, funny. Oh
1: shit. I keep, I'm going to stop myself, but I, I keep like, I've got time. I want to get a puppy. But again, Uh-oh. I know once Uh-oh. the work starts up again, I'm not going to be home. So ugh, i got to stop myself. I've got to stop myself. But there are some <laughs> cute ones out there. A friend of ours is always posting puppy Dalmatians. Are you kidding me? They're ugh. so cute. Oh, I've got stories. I've got a story? Who goes first?
0: See, last week we both knew.
1: We, I know. Um what were the stories last week? You did a spree, the a spree place, right? Point Saint Esprit.
0: Oh, the crazy people. Yeah. Um, did I go for or you?
1: I think I went first.
0: I think you went first. Yeah, as well.
1: yeah. Okay. One day we'll so, get this down too.
0: <laughs> one day.
1: And it was last week.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was our one day. So imagine that you're in the bayous south of New Orleans. It's been a long day. Maybe you lost track of time, the sun is set completely, you wouldn't be able to see anything except for the moonlight, right? Right. That being said, you begin to head home, the murky water, and then all of a sudden you hear a bone-chilling howl. What? It's strange because the howl doesn't sound like a dog or coyote, and there obviously aren't wolves in the bayou. No. So today I'm going to be doing the Rougarou.
1: Oh, I've heard of it. The
0: werewolf- of the bayou
1: but i don't know anything about it so yay
0: and so the reason i'm doing it i didn't even realize rougarou was a cryptid and one of my friends when i had my subaru he always called it like rougarou in college and i was like mm, it oh, kind of okay. sounds like subaru but i like, <laughs> never like thought anything of it anyway yeah so now so you when know. I, it, I was like
1: oh <laughs> <laughs> was he from the bayou
0: no <clears throat> so, the creature is described as half man, half dog. It stands upright on two legs and is covered in hair. Typical werewolf. It has the face of a canine with many sharp, frightening teeth. Its fingernails are just sharp, nasty claws. Again, textbook werewolf. Right. The ruguru roams the bayou in search of misbehaving children.
1: Always the of misbehaving course. children.
0: Always going for the children. So, driving down... Basically, any highway or back road in Louisiana will lead you through, you know, kind of. Wait, did you ever watch Princess and the Frog?
1: Most of it, I fell asleep. It's it's not that the movie was bad. It's just I'm not sleeping well.
0: (laughs) I almost made another Princess and the Frog reference, but I won't. Essentially, just like the moss hanging from the trees. Yes. Again, Louisiana. In the daytime, it's just. Water's everywhere, boats, fishermen, creepy-looking buildings. But in the nighttime, it's very different. It's creepy because you get the reflection of alligators' eyes. You get, like, the moss-casting weird shadows. So it's one of those places that during the day, it's gorgeous. And at night, it's absolutely terrifying. Okay. But that is where the Ruguru loves to live. Of course. So the creature originates from a similar beast, garu which appears in medieval French folklore. The 16th century monster was used consistently as a scapegoat. It was easier to blame disappearing village children, stolen property, or mysterious happenings on the loop guru than going through the complicated criminal investigations. And this is true. They literally would just be like, it was the loop guru. Really? Yes. Okay. The suspected loop guru would then be put on trial where the court would usually produce a guilty verdict. Over time, the loop, yeah. Over time, the loop guru became a tool used by both the Catholic Church to make sure that its followers obeyed the rules of Lent.
1: Oh my God. You know, it's if one, re- bit of a stretch.
0: <laughs> right. If one refused to observe Lent for seven consecutive years, legend says that he would be transformed into a loop guru.
1: Oh, Jesus.
0: And this, again, we'll post these pictures online, but. The loop guru is more of like imagine a hairy, like a more hairy badger with like crazy teeth, and kind of like creepy, peopleish hands.
1: Ew. With with claws. No.
0: The legend followed French settlers to the Acadia region, located in present day eastern Canada. Among these settlers is where Cajun culture was born. After the French and Indian War, British officers. Deported the Acadians to various American colonies. These Acadians were eventually invited by the Spanish to settle in what is now Louisiana, which I did not realize, but that's where it came from. Looproo became Rougarou in Cajun French, and the monster continued to thrive down in the swamps of Louisiana. Cajun culture is still vibrant and instrumental in the history of the state, as we know very well. Today, and this is how you know it's legit, the Rougarou is celebrated as a piece of folklore, and has its own festival.
1: Yes! That needs to be On our, last our <laughs> travel channel show, is we just go to all these festivals.
0: Yes. On the last weekend of October, down in Huma, H-O-U-M-A, Ruguru Fest rages through the city. The festival involves food, live music, parade, lots of activities for children, which is hilarious. Yeah. Best of all, this spooky fanfare is completely free. Aw, But essentially everything there, Louisiana's visitors um, pay homage to this mysterious French Cajun werewolf and just kind of, you know, spread century old tradition.
1: I love it so much. And
0: everything else, he's literally just a werewolf. But, um, But yeah.
1: That's so cool. Anything to, you know, to get the children to behave. So you've got, you know black Annis that i've i've gone over she's i've, I've got one yep. on my list that's kind of the same kind of thing it's not really a a cryptid but it's just all these stories to keep kids in check apparently we need more of those in this day and age so children will behave i don't know just <laughs> making shit up it's what i do oh i just got the picture holy shit it looks like a poodle on my it's watch it's like a
0: creepy badger looking nasty hands
1: those eyes are terrifying, know,
0: <laughs> but Ew. so that's what the loop guru was, okay.
1: and then it turns so, into a werewolf from there,
0: right? Or it just kind of evolved into the guru. So that was that version was the one where they would tell the kids and the people. So that's the one that they would blame things on when they didn't want to go through an investigation, and then they would Which is put said creature on trial and that's also the same thing that the catholic church used to scare people about lent.
1: You know, cuz the devil wasn't enough. <laughs> that's a great story. Exactly. I love that. And it's it's kind of cute though. I mean, if you if in you, a weird way? Yeah, if you don't look at the teeth and the tongue and the um, the claws, it's kind of like a cross-eyed little poodle with a pug face-ish. I don't know.
0: Exactly. Now up. the the ruguru <laughs> It's not cute. It's very terrifying looking. But I mean, again, anything to scare the kids.
1: Yeah, exactly. Okay, I'm getting my video prepped to show you for this one. My story. So, um, I I'd love that story. And I, I cannot believe that they would put a cryptid on trial. That is the most fucking ridiculous thing I've ever heard
0: in my life. Also, they're just like so lazy that they're just like, you know, it wasn't that big of a crime. Let's just blame the fake thing again.
1: I know. You know, let's not actually solve a crime. Let's just, yeah, exactly. Okay, so my story comes from Mysteries at the Museum. Surprise! But this one's been on my list since we started this, pretty much. So it's been on my list for two years. I just haven't done it. I wasn't sure there was enough for it to be a full story, but there actually was, and I learned a thing or two. Um, But I'm slowly but surely making it through every season of Mysteries at the museum. I am buying them here and there and watching the entire season throughout the week on Amazon Prime. But I did, just two days ago, come across the story you did last week on Pointe Saint-Esprit-ish. And you nailed it, by the way. Good job. Thank you. Um, But today, (laughs) I'm doing the story of Manchester Museum's cursed ish idol and the story goes a little something like this okay so here's the dealio the statuette the cursed ish idol or statuette as they called it throughout the entire mysteries at the museum um was donated to the museum in 1933 by annie barlow She used to sponsor archaeological digs back in the day when they found King Tut and all the ancient Egyptian dudes. So she'd sponsor the digs and she ended up giving this one to the museum. There aren't really any records on the tomb itself or where the statuette came from, but much research was done on the idol itself, you know, because it had uh, hieroglyphs and things on it, but they learned every Mm -hmm. detail about it and it. It was possible to decipher a few bits of information about the tomb's owner from the statue's shoulder-length wig and knee-length civil service kilt. I, it's it, archaeological shit. I didn't. I would never guess that was a kilt. <laughs> um, the story is that the tomb owner named Neb U, but U is spelled S E N U, but. Don Wilder said it was Nebu, so I'm going to go with that. Um, he was a senior civil servant or some sort of middle-ranking government official who wasn't really hurting for money but was not royalty. So he was he was doing okay in life. That's why he... Sure. Um, not a whole lot is known about Nebu other than that he was a man of means given the quality of the 10-inch tall serpentine statuette created as a place for his ka or spirit to live in when his body had passed into the afterlife Nebu is thought to have died around 1800 BC and the inscription requests offering of beer, beef and fowl I mean okay guy likes his typical average man Notes that shit. He likes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, a standard prayer in ancient Egypt funerary, texts that was two sentences one sentence broken up into two so hopefully the listeners get it if not my bad um (laughs) and this idol is also considered nebu's offering to the god of the underworld so to make a long story shorter um the statue would hold the soul of whomever it was made for so this was the thing back in ancient egypt judish times so that the soul could still walk the earth and then call this statue as home. So it's an an earthbound spirit is what they believed in, according to the research I did. Thanks, Google. But this was kind of like a a resting place for them. They'd go back into this statuette idol thingy. Okay, Okay. now the figurine has been at the museum for over 80 years, but in 2012, this idol started to walk like an Egyptian, if you will. So, (laughs) sorry, that was terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So a guy, a museum guy, his name's Campbell Price. He was actually on the mysteries at the museum, starts working with our old pal, Nebu, in a newly renovated part of the museum when he starts noticing something's just off. The statue's been turned from where it originally was. Now, Campbell's the only person with a key to access this case. It holds the stone idol and some other idols, and he knew exactly where he left it, and it wasn't facing the back of the case. So normally it's facing straight forward. He goes in there. Dude's turned around like, I am not ready for my close-up. And no one could have broken into it. It was alarmed as well. He had the only key, like I said. So Mr. Price... Puts Nebu back facing the way he belongs. He locks things back up, checks the alarm, and goes on with his museum dude stuff. He comes back later that day, and old boy Neb has moved again. No alarms had gone off. There was no sign of tampering with the locks. This time the figuring was facing diagonally. So last time he was turned all the way around. This time he's like almost turned around. Um, Price just assumed someone at the museum secretly made a copy of his key and was messing with him. You know, museum curator shenanigans. Or Nebu was playing some sort of hokey pokey when he turned himself around. (laughs) That's what it's all about. I got the puns. I'm watching way too much Mysteries at the museum. (laughs) Um, so Campbell does what any of us would have done. He puts a time-lapse security camera on the statuette that would take a photo every minute for one week's time, hoping he will catch the guilty party and I'm sure give them a stern talking to because that's how I figure museum people to be. But when he plays back the video, he sees this. I'm going to do this share screen again. And I want you to describe what you're seeing.
0: Okay, so it looks like the camera, I mean, you're like essentially looking in the inside the display case. Right. Oh. It is no.
1: <laughs> so there's three other statues just, in there. Yeah. That aren't moving and just the yeah, taller one is just Not at all. slowly doing a spin around.
0: Yeah, it's just like pivoting. Yeah. around.
1: So, yeah, and this is his actual footage. And and it's showing lights on, lights off, people walking in and out of the place. So I mean, As you can imagine,
0: this shit. Can you play that again? Yeah.
1: Insane, right?
0: It's odd that it never moves during the night, though.
1: Yes. Very odd. So, I'll get to that. But I'm glad you noticed that. Okay. Price says the first time he watched the video, he literally screeched out loud his words, not mine. Spooked, Price then shows the video to everyone who works at the museum, and everybody's just baffled. Then the press gets a hold of it and this is when people start calling the artifact cursed or haunted i mean with good reason right right well the manchester higher-ups were having none of this haunted nonsense and they wanted price to look into it and see if he could figure out find out what's going on scientifically and fucking stop it they're like serious museum shit should happen here this is ridiculous our old pal campbell Brings in a scientist. He looks over all the stuff and all the things, does measurements, places devices both in and outside of the case that was now Mm -hmm. Nebu's home, takes readings from all the devices and heads back to do really hard scientist stuff and I'm sure I know nothing about. But he crunches the numbers and re-crunches them and comes to the conclusion that vibrations from the visitors to the museum walking around during the day and vibrations from the street below are causing the sculpture to spin on its base. That's why it's only happening during the day, because nobody's walking around at night. Gotcha. And after all the science stuff, they noticed that the base wasn't completely flat. I mean, it's pretty obvious it wasn't flat. Sure. And it was most likely why that was the only one spinning in the case. Um, So Nebu is currently held in place with adhesive so there is no more spinning which is sad because i kind of want to watch it do its thing um and hasn't walked like an egyptian since but um okay (laughs) i mean are you buying the explanation
0: yes i mean me being like a skeptic about everything like in theory it's like yeah that's it makes sense
1: but, I mean, they glued it down. If, if they had tried to maybe put some, like, felt things on the bottom of it.
0: That's true. They kind of went overboard.
1: They did. So, I mean, if there was a spirit in it, he's pissed because he can't move. Just saying.
0: Right. And now other shit's going to start happening.
1: <laughs> oh, I think about that. I, I'm not buying the explanation because I am a believer and I want to believe. I'm going to go with his soul was out traveling in the desert when Anne Barlow takes his Ka statuette out of his cozy, comfy tomb. And he she brought it to the UK. He comes back home and is like, what the actual fuck? My shit's gone, you know? And it, he's just been searching for it for the last 80 years. Ooh. Yeah. So, I mean, seriously, they've had the statue for 80 years. I do know that this was a new wing, and maybe workmanship on this new wing was shoddy, so the vibrations are more there. But in 80 years, right. this is the first time this happens. I know. So, I don't know. I am I mean, yes, the explanation makes complete sense. But I want it to be something more. So I made that right. story well,
0: and I think that's more so what I meant in the terms of like, do you buy their explanation? It's like, yes, I buy it. It's plausible. It, but like, I mean, I've done so many cursed stories and uh, paintings and, you know, like the... The the curse painting that all these houses burned down and that's the only thing that's left. And yeah. someone figured out there was like some wax coating on it or something. It's like, that's not as fun.
1: Yeah. No, not at all. Not at all. I almost broke up with Don Wildman after he debunked this for me. I'm not going to lie. But, you know, truth Oof. is truth. Science is science. I get it. But I'm still thinking Ka was trying to find that statue for a bazillion years or however long it was. <laughs> But my wingmen for this round were Wikipedia, of course, uh, com, all the puns in this story, <laughs> and the man, the myth, the legend, Don Wildman of Mysteries at the Museum. Oh, and Google, too. So it was fun. I think the reason I didn't do it for so long is just because it was explained. Yeah, and I was kind of heartbroken when it was explained I was like so into the story I'm like what? this makes complete sense and I'm like oh
0: well I was just thinking like somebody's going in there like because they know the camera goes off only every now and then like they're just going in there like turning it a little bit waiting turning it a little bit waiting
1: timing it just
0: right And so yeah. that's why it's like that's obviously why it's not happening at night but the vibrations is yeah
1: so i they i I don't know i just feel like they need to try to stop the vibrations from getting on that case because honestly you don't want it to fuck with this museum quality shit
0: well that's the other thing it's like what rickety ikea shelf is this museum (laughs) music? the (laughs)
1: detoff it's the only ikea shelf i know (laughs) (laughs) oh two good stories absolutely that was fun I do have a listener story. You want to hear it? Yes. Okay. So this one comes from Doug Maldenlock. He's been meaning to send it in for a while. And I'm stoked to read this for he and his husband, Chris. It starts off. Hi, Kitsy and Clayton. I promised ages ago that I would share this story. And with recent events and most of us spending our free time staying home, what Barbara words are so fucking hard. What better opportunity to finally write out this encounter on a seemingly ordinary night in 2003, while living in the city, beautiful Orlando, no, yes. While living in the city, beautiful Orlando, Florida, my husband, Chris, then boyfriend at the time at about a year and a half into our relationship. And I were sound asleep in his apartment after what was just another ordinary day when around 3am I started I was startled awake by screams coming from him right next to me. Chris appeared to have some kind of nightmare and his screams were absolutely terrifying. While he seemed awake, he was in a state of shock and horror and wasn't responding to my asking if he was okay. When I leaned over to try to comfort him, I felt a hand run across my back right to left from inside the bed. Before I could even react, I was thrust out of the bed out of the room, and crashed into the right side of the living room couch. Whoa. Knocking it several feet out of position. Mind you. What? I know. It's terrifying. Mind you, I wasn't airborne, but more like I was being pushed away and couldn't get my bearings to hold my ground. Insane. Okay, when I was able to pull myself together, I crept back to the bedroom where Chris was still lying in bed, still in shock. I asked if he was okay, and he whimpered out a quivering no. I tried to ask what the hell just happened, but couldn't even get my words out. I felt a burning sensation on my right hip and saw what could only be described as a large rug burn. The skin was red, raw, and a bit scratched. At first, I thought it was from hitting the couch, but then I realized I hit the couch
0: on my left side. There's a lot of shit going on. No kidding. Also, how has he never sent this in?
1: (laughs) Well, they were going to record it together and send it in, and I think that he just went ahead and wrote it up. Uh, I asked Chris again what the hell just happened. I felt a hand run across my back from the bed. He said, I need to get out of here. No, he said, we need to get out of here. So I have to take my glasses off to read this. I'm sorry, whoever's watching this video. So just like that, we threw clothes on, went outside to the car, and drove to a nearby Denny's restaurant on Kirkman Road with shaking hands and short nerves. We didn't say much until we were seated at the restaurant. Chris started to tell me he was dreaming about an entity trying to get him. And what awoke him was the sensation of being grabbed and shocked awake, hence his screams. Then I told him again about the feeling of the hand sliding across my back from inside the bed, and how I couldn't stop myself from being hurled out of the bed, out of the room, and into the couch. Neither of us could believe what we were saying. He tried to recall more of his dream, but couldn't see much other than remembering a feeling of dread, and then being grabbed." We sat at the Denny's for a couple couple of hours, tried to eat some breakfast food, and waited until the sun was up, and the breakfast bunch started rolling in before we pulled ourselves out of the booth and went back to the apartment. The air felt very heavy and somewhat alien to us, and it didn't feel safe. So we packed up some things and went to my house to try to make sense of it. The next few nights, we stayed at my place, and though we were quite nervous about a repeat incident, nothing happened. The scratches and redness on my right hip healed and faded away. When Chris finally spent his first night back at his own place, he decided not to tell his roommate Maureen, who was out of town the night of the incident, because it would freak her out, and she was a great roommate to him at the time. (laughs) Well, if she was great, you should have warned her. Anyway, um, time passed, life went on, and we somewhat put that crazy night behind us. A few months later, back at Chris's apartment with that, terrifying night, now a fairly distant memory. I was again awoken by the sound of Chris's horrific screams. This time, I was able to snap myself awake much faster, put my hands on his shoulders, asking him if he was okay. I didn't feel anything happening to me this time, and he was able to speak right away. He said it was a bad dream and that he was okay, I asked if it was the same type of dream as before, and he said he wasn't sure, just that he had this feeling of dread, like someone or something was after him. I kept my arms around him, and we were able to get back to sleep. The next morning, we went around our day normally. Over the next three to four years, we'd have similar instances where Chris would have bad nightmares. Scream out in his sleep, but none of them involved anything like what happened in the Orlando apartment in 2003. I did always check the time whenever this happened, and it was always around 3 a.m. Witching hour. In 2005, we relocated from Orlando to the Northern Virginia, Washington, D.C. area, and a couple of those dreams did take place after we moved. Whatever it was, was haunting his dreams definitely seemed attached to him and not a place. Jumping to today, it's been more than a decade since we've had any type of incidents like this. While we're grateful for that, it has always been a bit unsettling not to know what was happening to us in 2003 or why, why Chris was having these reoccurring feelings of haunting dread in his sleep. We are parents now and adopted a daughter and hope that whatever it was back then has moved on permanently. I couldn't imagine what an incident like this would do to our little girl. I can't either. This said, we're living our lives to the fullest with the hope that she'll never know the horror that spooked us almost 17 years ago. Apologize if this is too long. If you decide to share, feel free to edit, shorten, however you see fit. Hell no, that was amazing. And he signs it, Ghost On.
0: That is incredible. One, I didn't even think it was that long because it was just a great story. Absolutely. Insane. That's terrifying. Like, absolutely terrifying. Yeah. The fact that it happened to both of them, you know, like, if it's something like it only happened to him, it's kind of like, was it half sleep paralysis, half like sleepwalking and stumbling and all that? But the fact that they had like simultaneous experiences is just absolutely insane.
1: Absolutely insane. And and Doug had asked me, um, I guess one of Chris's exes was into voodoo and stuff. And he asked me if I thought it was a curse. I don't know that much about curses to know if that's a thing. I'm, I'm hoping not. Um, right, but if anybody does know if that sounds like something familiar, if you could let us know so we can let Doug know, that would be great.
0: Ooh, that would be a plot twist.
1: Yeah, insane. But you guys, if you have stories, we want them. We love this shit. Send it into Oddity Files Crew at Gmail. And um, I do want to give a shout out to the Get Scared podcast. If you like stories that are fiction. Give you goosebumps with some creepy music hidden behind it. Definitely check out Get Scared podcast, rate, review, and subscribe. And yeah, that's our show, man. Weird is the new cool. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Ghost on. Oddity Files is an independent production. Intro music created by DJ Jimmy. 2020 artwork created by me, Kitsy Duncan. The opinions expressed in this podcast are ours and ours alone. Well, maybe yours too. If you like the show and would like to support us, visit oddityfiles.com and click on support or go to patreon.com slash oddityfiles. Every little bit helps with both the podcast and the TV show. You can also support us by watching Oddity Files on Amazon Prime. It's free to prime members and dirt cheap to those who aren't. You can find us on all the social media sites at Oddity Files. Keep spreading the word by sharing, retweeting, and reposting. Join our Oddity Files Facebook group by searching Oddity Files fan group and click join. We'll approve you as soon as we can. All weirdos are welcome. Not into that social media stuff? Tell your coworkers. Family, even the weird guy who just won't stop talking to you in line for coffee. Oh, and Grandma, your grandma will love us. We appreciate each and every one of you, and if it weren't for you, we have no idea what we would do with our lives. If you have a story you'd like to submit, send it on in at oddityfilescrew at gmail.com. Also, send in story ideas, silly, weird memes, or just positive vibes to oddityfilescrew at gmail.com you can also call in and leave that in a voicemail call us at 317-300-6699 to contact us about an appearance reach out at kitsy at oddityfiles.com when you have a sec rate, review, and subscribe we know it doesn't sound like much but it really helps us get up there on the podcasting charts and remember kids weird is the new cool ghost on um why are you still here go on get out of here turn it off it's done really I swear go get serious I'm out of here